Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Superhero Finder podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Wilson, and I am scouring the cosmos, which is my phrase now. I'm going to get it put somewhere big, I think. Um, looking for inspirational stories, really cool people with things that they are trying to change in the world. It might be going through experiences themselves. It might be something that they just want to get out to help yourself as a listener, or it might be that something you can take away to actually help somebody else as well. And I think that's quite pertinent with what we're going to be talking about today. But I am I've got the greatest pleasure um, of being with another Matthew. How are you doing? I'm very well. Always grateful to be in the uh, in the in the same place, same call as another Matthew. Always grateful for it. Absolutely, because it is the best. It's the best name, isn't it? Without doubt, without doubt. But the whole podcast is not about our name because we could spend ages celebrating our name. Um, Matthew, would you like to tell everyone a little bit about yourself, please? Yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, as you say, I, I'm Matthew, Matthew Smith. Um, I am from uh, a place called Chesley Street in the northeast of England in County Durham. Um, and I suppose, I suppose the reason I'm here and the reason kind of... Uh, I'm, I'm here to share my story um, is because of my experience from a very young age. Um, I, I always kind of start with, I had a very, very easy childhood, kind of very simple, um, kind of, you know, I was part of a, a really big family, very supportive family. Um, we certainly aren't, aren't kind of affluent or rich, but also, you know, I never had to struggle for anything. My mom and dad worked really hard and were very fortunate for kind of how they supported us. But, yeah, think, things were quite easy. Love football. Yeah. Um, would just play football all the time. Uh, had lots of friends. I was uh, the middle of two brothers. So uh, Dan, my older brother, um, nine years difference between us. And then Ben, my younger brother, uh, five years between us. So three lads, love football. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of that that really changed my experience of life, really changed when I was 10. Um, and it was in... A, completely unexpected way so um my it was a normal easter monday um we'd gone out as a family um excluding my older brother to go shopping and um, my mom wanted to go shopping we were just taken with us and uh, <laughs> yeah we, we were basically bribed with a, a chinese buffet which you can't really say no to that no. can you no um so yeah so gone out uh all, for most of the day um, we came home and there's kind of certain things from that day I, I remember really vividly. Some things I kind of don't really remember. But the one thing I always remember is um, Spy Kids 3D was on the TV at a certain time and I wanted to be back for that. So put Spy <laughs> Kids on the TV. Um, and then uh, I heard my mum screaming upstairs. And to be honest, it, so it, it was it was not a scream like a spider. It was a serious scream. Yeah. And my first reaction was I thought somebody was in the house. I thought somebody had broken in and kind of my mum had found them. Um, my dad ran upstairs and was shouting kind of, where are you? Um, and then my reaction was to then go upstairs. Now, at this point, I then realised that they were actually shouting Daniel, my, my older brother's name. Um, and I thought they were fighting. Mm. Um, but then went into my mum and dad's uh, bedroom into their ensuite. And um, what I found actually um, was that my brother... Not that I knew this at the time, but my brother had taken his own life. Um, so my my world, and it's I suppose it's a cliche phrase, but my world flipped. Mm. You know, because um, this this was this wasn't just my older brother. This was a person that I 
idolised. He was everything that I wanted to be in a person. Yeah. Um, but he was also a happy-go-lucky, popular um, person who 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 was loving, who cared, who would do anything for anybody and would do anything to get a laugh. And to see somebody like that make that choice, yeah, you you, you can't comprehend kind of what that is or how, how that's happened. And I think kind of, you know, I, I can look back at it now and have a better understanding, but at that time there was no rational explanation as to why. Um, there wasn't a note left. Um, he hadn't spoke to kind of any of the family about what was going on. You know, I, I, I even that kind of after I, I tried to persuade myself, somebody had brought him into the house and had done that yeah. to Dan because... Yeah. It wasn't this rational thing that my brother would do, um. So, so kind of that was. I I always talk about this now. That was the first time I experienced loss in my life, mm. and everybody experiences loss, um. But to experience in such a way where yeah. one plus one doesn't equal two, it's really really difficult to then move on from that. You can't move on from that. Um, and grief is not something you move on from. You know, you have to kind of manage that. But when there isn't an answer, it's even more difficult. So, so yeah, so kind of that was that was where my journey journey started with this. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of that, that was really what put me on the path of understanding what suicide was, but also the impact it has in communities across the country and across the world. Um, what we realized very early on, so it was 2005 when I lost my brother, um, was that we weren't the only ones that were experiencing this. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of, I, I talked about with my mum and dad, they'd never experienced or even heard of anything like this in terms of they knew what it was, but never knew anybody that had experienced it. But actually what you did you know, did realize was there is people you know that have experienced it, but there was such a taboo around it yeah. that it wasn't sport about. Um, so yeah, so so that kind of was was where we were, um, and we we kind of just made the decision that we wanted to try and do something. And when I say we, uh, that was me, um, my cousin Sarah, who's basically like a sister, who's a year older than me, um, and my younger brother Ben chipped in, and we came up with the idea of a wristband, um, that we wanted to basically just sell to his mates, and the idea was raise a few hundred quid, five hundred quid give it a charity but also as mates have got a wristband with Dan's name on um and we also came up with the slogan if you care share I say we but it was actually my cousin I can't take credit unfortunately <laughs> and I, 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 I always have to give him the credit <laughs> um, what a phrase so, though it's a really it's a really catchy really powerful one isn't it the more you think about yeah. it the more it means yeah and you know I I think now you look back and you think wow how powerful that she was able to come up with that at, you know at 11 year old um, yeah. so, so we had, so we had a, a, we had a football match for Dan. Football was massive for us as a family and Dan loved football. And, um, we just, we had a family friend who worked for the Samaritans at the time. So we wrote a letter saying we wanted to raise some money. Um, she came over floods of tears. She was like, this is amazing. And I actually think we could take this further. Um, so what started as a very small kind of, um, village trying to raise some money actually became quite a significant campaign so we sold uh, the wristbands at all the local grounds in the northeast uh, in the football grounds 
and we raised just in the fifty thousand pound for Samaritans. Wow. Which obviously from the five hundred pound was was a significant <laughs> jump and was fantastic. Yeah. Started lots of conversations and you know, life saving money and I think that was kind of where we built some momentum. Then, you know, as a family, we 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 had our own grief to deal with, and that helped for a, a certain period of time. But then, as as we were kind of growing, my mom was very much kind of experiencing and finding it difficult that there wasn't much in place to a help people like Dan, yeah. but b help people like us who had lost somebody. Yeah. Um. So she started working from our um spare room, uh, with a with a computer, and I say work and. She wasn't getting paid. She was just kind of trying to understand, understand the world of suicide, understand the experts in the field. Um, and what then was kind of born out of that was If You Care, Share the Charity, which became registered in 2011 um, with three aims, which is uh, to prevent suicide, yeah. to train people on how to intervene with somebody who might be suicidal, while also supporting those that have been bereaved by suicide across the Northeast as well. Um, so fast forward to... So fast forward now kind of to where we are um, from my mum in, in the office. We now have um, a, a number, well, we'll have 36 staff working for us. Wow. Um, we've supported thousands of people across the Northeast who have been either affected or bereaved um, or are kind of dealing or feeling suicidal themselves. Um, we've delivered workshops to young people um I think we're at about 80,000 young people across the country, including professional sports clubs, so Premier League clubs, football leagues clubs, WSL clubs. Um, and we just continue to kind of try and raise, raise this message. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, there's, there's loads of incredible things about that. I think first, I just want to say thank you for, for sharing that. I'm, no matter how many times you tell that story, there's still you could you could see when you were telling it, there's still that kind of effect, still that kind of power it still holds on you. Um, and to be able to use that energy to to help other people, I think is 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 incredible. Um, but really, from such a young age as well, for something to grow like that, and you know, like you said, from a simple wristband, but to but even at that age to think of doing something like that. Because that's not something that everybody, well, most of the people would have thought of doing. It's something, you know, something to remember. Um, into into what it is now and spreading such an important message. Now, personally, when I saw, because I found yourself when I saw, because you were on TV, weren't you? You were on one of the morning programs. I can't remember which one it was. Hey, up. I don't want to take too much of your time off this amazing conversation. Just a little quick break to tell you a little bit about Patreon www.patreon.com slash the kindest strongman will allow you to help support and grow this podcast. I want to do loads more with it. And I'm excited to say that members of my Patreon will be able to see loads of it before it even happens. That's amazing. Second thing, be strong, be kind. My merch is now live. So I will drop the link in the description, but it's also, if you can go to bsbk.tmill.com. You can find it all yourself. You can grab yourself a hoodie, grab yourself a T-shirt. And if there's something that you can't see or a colour that you can't see, just let me know. Right, back to the fun. Steph's Pat Lunch. Steph's Pat Lunch, that was the one. And I messaged off the back of that because what really, really kind of... What hit for me was the fact that I lost, I lost my dad to suicide when I was 14. 
And he was living in the northeast at the time. He was living in Newcastle, and I'm from Leeds. And this was 2001. And, and you're right. There's, there was there was although there was the support from family, as there would have been. There was nothing else. In fact, it wasn't until last year I actually went through some some counselling with the bereavement service in Leeds, suicide and bereavement service, because, but I'd found out about it through my own just kind of searching around. Nothing had been signposted to me. And it, mm. and I didn't realise that it's, there's a lot of nuances to suicide that aren't quite, not necessarily not understood, but they are different to a lot of other forms of grief. Mm. Because there's, there's things in there that I've found, and maybe you can relate to this around, identity and what you know so you you looked up to your brother so what does that mean for me am I going to feel the same way you know because you're mm. you're that one you're that one step behind and, and and stuff like that so that's why I knew I needed to reach out and I think I wanted to find out more about what you do because even when I was looking on your website before we came on you know there's information and pdfs on there that how to help well how how to help approach or how to help support somebody that's going through knowing someone that's, you know, that's taken their own life. And I think mm. that's valuable stuff. Um, I mean, what, where to start with some of the stuff that you guys do? It's, you know, yeah. you're doing the talks on a, on a kind of a, what, a more corporate or community level, but what, what the kind of stuff do you do? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing on a personal level, just in terms of what you're seeing, I, I can hundred percent relate to that of, you know, I, I think about when, so Dan was 19 when he took his own life. Mm. When I turned 18 and when I turned 19, our birthdays are five days apart. Wow. And turning 19 was like, right, okay, so I either outlive my brother here mm. or do I then fall into a similar sort of path as him? Um. But I think the other the other kind of nuance, as, as you kind of phrase it, that I don't think people consider until unfortunately you experience it, yeah. is the constant reminders and the what ifs that, if, you know, and, and I appreciate everybody who loses somebody feels that. But I think for me, it feels like it's in touch and distance because it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. Because, because it was something that could have been stopped. So, you know... Yeah. I, I should be an uncle now. I more than likely probably should have been, you know, a best man at his wedding, you know, and I'm putting myself in that position because I'm saying I would have been his best man. <laughs> but, you know, all these significant yeah. milestones that you experience as a loved one, as a family member, yeah. that that I almost feel robbed of. Yeah. And and what also comes with all that is the the guilt, the 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 anger. You know, and all all these range of emotions, and I, you know, my mind don't come on at the right times. Mine don't come on on anniversaries, and mine don't come on on birthdays. They come, they come when I'm 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 sat in the pub, and I'm thinking he should be sat here having a pint with us. Yeah. You know, it comes in these real kind of uh, spirals that you can never put your finger on. So it's so difficult, and I think to kind of answer your question of of what we do, and I suppose why why I think what we do is so helpful is. So we're, we're not counsellors, we're not experts, and we will never claim to be experts in terms of having their fancy letters after our names. But unfortunately, we're experts in this subject matter because we class ourselves as T-shirt wearers. And, you know, 
I think kind of obviously when you'd got in touch and, and, and said you'd want to have a chat, I always I always want to have these sort of conversations mm-hmm. because we share something in common that I never wish we did. But it brings an expertise that we don't want, yeah. but is extremely helpful for others that have experienced that. And, you know, the all, all the kind of cliche phrases that, you know, together stronger and kind of all, all them sort of things. We firmly believe that. So our support workers who are supporting people who's been bereaved have been there and got the T-shirt in most respects. And so what we do, we're, we're not counselling. Um, we offer a listening service, but we are helping through the practical stuff. Um, so for those that kind of aren't fully aware, for somebody who's, who's lost somebody to suicide, there is a process that exists that for other deaths, other bereavements don't exist. So inquests and coroners that you have to deal with can be a very, very difficult experience. So we will help people and that can take years sometimes. So we will support people throughout that process. And we will support people within the first 48 hours of them finding out that their loved one potentially has died by suicide. So from, you know, kind of that day dot of, I think 48 hours after Dan died, we'd moved out of our house. We were living in my auntie's house. And we had no idea of what to do, where to go, yeah. where to signpost, anything like that, because even our GP didn't even know. So the way I, I describe our support workers is they, it's a weird analogy, I class them as octopuses. They stand with the individual or the family in the most horrendous part of place and pull in all the things that are needed to help them to manage yeah. what is a horrendous experience that little bit better. Um, and I think that personal touch and that handhold and being there for them yeah. has 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 saved more lives because you know kind of those those who experience a death by suicide are then more likely three times more likely to attempt themselves. So wow. I think while 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 our support after suicide is for people who's been bereaved, it's yeah. prevention as well because it's preventing in the future. Um, so yeah, so that that's a lot of kind of we're also supporting people who's at risk, but I think really what we're trying to do is practical support and mm. be there from the start of, of when that kind of crisis may come or that, that you know, lo- that loss comes along so we can manage that process out. And um, we work with the police now as well, right. uh, which which means that when there is a death or a suspected death, um, we are, the family are offered our support straight straight away. Um, and that means, you know, that avoids for the likes of yourselves where you're having to search around and look and, you know, almost shop for yourself years later. That should never happen. So, um, you know, it's took a lot of work, um, but we're, we're now fortunate we're across the northeast doing that. So, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're grateful. I think what what we're trying to do as well and what I feel passionate about now is is flying the flag for the northeast and stomping our feet of yeah. what needs to be done in the northeast. And um, you know we have the highest rate of suicide in the UK. Wow. And and um you know we've always well I say we've always for for a number of years we have been up there in terms of near the top between us and the northwest. Um and we want to change that. We want to be saying well actually you know this needs to change. Um and we we. We're trying many different ways um, to do that. 
is there any is there any thought of reason why the northeast is so kind of prolific being probably the wrong word but it's the only one that comes to mind in terms of those figures it's it's the it's the exact word to ask because it's the exact word I'm sure you've asked and it's the it's the word that I, I ask consistently and I hear asked all the time of why why does an individual but also why does a certain area yeah. there's there's lots of different factors and there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of research done around contributing factors to a death by suicide generally so um there's there was kind of factors that are kind of attributed to a death and that can be things like so relationships um bereavement financial employment mm. identity um really what we talk about is loss so a loss of something someone can then result in that now do people in the northeast experience more loss than others i don't think necessarily that may be the case but i think what we also have is um especially kind of in probably last what 20 30 years um northeast northwest heavily community based community focused really driven by community spirit yeah. obviously we've seen significant changes in terms of what a community is like i use my own village you know of my village 20 years ago had four or five pubs we now have one pub we now have yeah. a community center that is very rarely open we now have people who are traveling elsewhere to find hobbies and interests because there isn't as much in the community. So yeah. I think that community and that connection and that community spirit is something that has been lost across the Northeast. I think the identity w does really fit in terms of Northeast and Northwest, you know, kind of, I'm going to generalize here, but you know, the, the dynamics of what a family was mm -hmm. has very much changed. We have a lot more broken families. We have a lot more, you know, it used to be the bloke went to work, the wife stayed at home. Obviously, that's a very generalised and old school way of thinking. But in pit villages across the northeast, that was yeah. that was how it went. So I think we've had a significant, significant change in what it means to be a, a northeast person. And as we know, in many different kind of scenarios, people struggle struggle with change. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we saw that um, through the whole kind of COVID pandemic, and hundred percent, and and actually, you know, and getting to a point where we're all locked down. But it's it was really interesting what you said there about the the idea of connection, and I think one of the topics I often get embroiled in because it's it's so it's so difficult in a world where we become more connected, but digitally, mm -hmm. our personal collection connections have almost been diluted. 100%. 100%. And we're, seeing, we're seeing everything, but we're not choosing to connect in the same way as we would have done, as we would have yeah. run around to a friend's house and knocked on the door or, you know, got on his bike and gone 10 minutes down the road to see if someone's in and then they might not even be in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that that's the thing. It was back then, it was the gamble of, but you had to get out. You had to get yeah. out to connect. Whereas, you know, like you say, I can feel so, so connected. I feel overwhelmed in terms of, the, the things that we have in our hands but actually are we connected fully no because there's nothing better than that real kind of hu human connection and you know I think 
you can listen to as, as many podcasts and try try and overcomplicate these things. But actually, when you listen to the experts, it's really simple what we need to be doing to look after ourselves. And, you know, kind of it's, it's make sure we're, we're putting the right things in our body. It's making sure we're getting enough rest and it's making sure we're connecting with others. You know, we talk about tribes and kind of being part of the tribes, but what we see is as successes, you know, I think, I think I've seen you've got an Andy's, Andy's man's club wristband on the, uh, yeah, you know, there, there is no secret recipe. There is because they're doing, they're doing things right in terms of Andy's man's club, but what it is, is putting people, putting blokes in a room and giving them an opportunity to share in a group, in a, in a community that is trusted and that is safe. And I think, We've took, we've stripped that back. We've overcomplicated things too much, and that's why Andy's Man's Club is the success it is because it's not complicated. It's simple things, and if you do the simple things right, quite often you tend to have more success. Um, and I think that 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 was a long-winded answer of the why, but I think <laughs> you know, kind of that community spirit, connection, kind yeah. of change, all these dynamics of really fit, you know, economy, and you know, kind of the the uh we talk about the north south divide and stuff like that but um the, i think access to services access to GB, gp services access to mental health services you know you put all these things mm. there isn't this one thing but it's it's a real cocktail of things that unfortunately are are creating that and um it's difficult it, it, it it's difficult but i think we've got we've got to make a change because yeah. You know, you, you mentioned COVID. I I always kind of talk about the pandemic, and you know, whatever you whatever your beliefs are about the pandemic, unfortunately, too many people lost lost their lives to something they shouldn't have. And I always kind of commend this investment and research that we miraculously managed to find to prevent that, and rightly so. Uh, you know, I am a firm believer people should have been given the opportunity to prevent people from dying. But we've lived in a pandemic for more years. And suicide has been around for a lot more years. And if we invested the time, the research, the effort into this, I genuinely believe we could pre prevent it. Could we prevent every death? The, you know, the 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 dream of mine would be to say yes. Ultimately, ultimately, people are always going to feel suicidal. I think we can. It's a hard fact to talk about, but it's true. But actually, if we had the things in place to help them and manage that, I think we'd see a huge, significant change in the in the race. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're we're in a place now where, you know, it is talked about a little bit more. Yeah, and I think definitely back when kind of early two thousands when we we were saying things were going on for us, it was very much not really understood. A little bit of a, a little bit more of a taboo. I think it was just a because. Because it was almost like an illness, but it was mm. almost like a self, you know, a self-brought illness, and it wasn't wasn't quite understood in the way that it is now. And you know, I'm glad that we can we can find times to to share things like this. It's, I think you just you just put it there. There are other pandemics, mm. there are other things that are taking so many lives that you know it makes you wonder why the focus, you know, why the focus gets put on certain things why mm. you know why all these resources get put into one thing but then it feels like an injustice to not be the other um and when you said when you said that it was it three times if you experienced it three times yeah so 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 if you've if you have um been bereaved by suicide yeah. you're then three times more likely to 
expert attempt yourself. I'm wondering whether there's something in there about actually, because it's now on your radar, it's now a, a thing that's within your realm, it's within it's within the possibility. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, I think, ultimately, an experience of trauma will then potentially put you down kind of that path. I think also, you know, kind of the, does it, and you know, this is my kind of thought, but does it become more rash, an irrational thought does it become more rational potentially? Um, I, I don't. I don't know. My my belief with with suicide is that it's an escape, and I think we all use methods of escape. Yeah. And that can be good methods, but quite often it can be not so good methods. And I I something that I don't think we'd like to talk about generally, but I genuinely feel the vast majority of of us at some point of thought. Would this be better if I wasn't here? Now that can be anywhere along along the scale. Now I'm not kind of diminishing how somebody feels, but I do genuinely feel we 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 openly all have it in us to have that feeling. Yeah, it's and for me, I've experienced that, but not from a why am I here, but a what is my purpose? Yeah, yeah. So it's not yeah. it doesn't necessarily manifest in the thought of I don't want to be here. It's actually questioning why I'm here. And, and the only I suppose the only thing that's held with that is trying to put a big focus on what I'm doing and how I feel about what I'm doing. And then try mm. th those things that don't quite feel right or those things that cause a little bit of friction or that don't quite, you know, that get me mad or, you know, things that make me feel sad and, and really becoming in touch with how I feel. Because, you know, as you've said before, it can be, you know, a lot of a lot of the time it can come from loss. Um, but there's a lot of things that we do through, I think, through what feels like expectation or through a pattern, through family, through, you know, through society, through community. That mm -hmm. we do things that we don't truly want to be doing. And I think that's why we can, that's one of the reasons why we can lose that sense of purpose because all of a sudden you find yourself and you go, well, I don't like my job. Yeah. So, you know, I don't like where I live. Or you're just doing things because of, you know, maybe somebody else's or somebody else's expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Pur purpose is something we're, we're all searching for. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. And, yeah. Know, I think, I think quite often when it hits us, I think COVID, it hit a lot of people because you're like, yeah. Well, what is actually my purpose here? Yeah. Um, I, I heard, I heard somebody talk on a podcast, what it was on, um, but it was a fantastic lady. She, she said, um, we all live. We all live two lives. The second one starts when you realise that you've only got one. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought that was so powerful because it is, we always, and it's something that's really difficult, we're always looking in the future, we're always looking in the past. And actually, how, how often do we actually just take stock of where we are right now? And I don't just mean that in a good way of being, you know, the gratitude and grateful, but actually even just being aware of, Idea. Things things are quite crap at the minute. I need to bring everything in and make sure I'm looking after myself and really take stock of that. But yeah, I, I, something that that I keep replaying in my head at the moment because I just think it's a really powerful thing. Yeah, no, it is definitely. I'll be. I know I'll be taking that one away. I wonder mm -hmm. in the in the giant world that you are involved in and also passionate about, if within that. You can find if we were to say, right, there's one piece of advice or one thing that you could say to somebody that's experienced it, 
Mm. One person, you know, one thing that you might say from experience, if somebody might be feeling in terms of signposting themselves towards services or, or towards yourself, would there be anything that you could kind of say? I realise this is on the spot, but no, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good question. I think I think for me, for anybody that is that's struggling, whatever it might be, I think quite often it's about starting with a breath, taking taking a breath, um, and trying to think of what could help, who could help, where you could go to help. And if the answer is, I don't know where to go for help, the one place I always point people in the direction of is the uh, Hub of Hope. Uh, so it's an app um, which the, the founder, Jake Mills, who's a fantastic guy, describes it as the Just Eat for mental health services. Um, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And you put your postcode and everything kind of comes up. But yeah, I think, I think what I always encourage people to do, and this is, if you're in a bad place, it's about, you know, managing that. And But for everybody, find the things that help you and keep you in a good structure every single day yeah. and consistently do them. That will not get rid of the crap in your life, but it will help you to manage the difficulties in your life that little bit better. Um, so I think that is a big thing. Self-care, um, looking after kind of our our own well-being is is a massive thing that I think, you know, we, we there's loads of stuff about talking. And you know the classic response I should I should say it here at that is is talk, and we know that it works in the right places. Yeah. Um. But I think collectively we need to get better at listening, and I think that's where Andy's Man's Club's so powerful. And there's loads. That's where we're so good because we do listen and we put people in places where they feel comfortable. It's not you have to do it in this way, or you can't do it. Yeah. Actually, we'll work at your pace and we'll do it in that way. Um. For anybody that's lost somebody. If I could have had this advice, it would be whatever emotion you are feeling, it's legitimate and it's valid. And there are going to be a lot of different emotions that you're going to experience over the years that you're going. However, don't think in years, think in, in hours, think in days. And every hour, every day that you can tick off, be proud. Um, and the most important thing is when when my brother took his own life, um, my life didn't end. Mm. My family's life didn't end. And there is a life after suicide. Mm. I still find happiness. I have made some of the most amazing memories and some of the most amazing friends and, you know, fell in love and, you know, all, all these things that I've been grateful to do. So it's still it's still there after when quite often it can feel like it can't or it isn't. It isn't. No, I love that. Thank you for those. Matthew, I can't believe we've flown through the time today. Where can anyone find out more social medias, websites? Yeah, so um, we're on all the socials. So we are at If You Care Share with the letter U because um, we're hip and trendy and down with the kids. <laughs> um, so it's If You Care Share. Um, and uh, same for the for the website. So it's If You Care Share.co.uk. Um, we're always grateful for. I'm always grateful for these sort of conversations as well. You know, I, I, I sincerely mean it. I don't. I wish we didn't share that. Um, I wish we didn't share this experience. But um, yeah, I'm grateful for you for you having us on. And that didn't feel like we talked for very long. So it didn't. Clearly, we clearly we're enjoying it. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun. Seems like the wrong thing to say, but being passionate. Yeah. I think I think we can ring it for that, can't we? Yeah, definitely. Well, from myself, thank you for that, Matthew. 
Um, stay super, everyone. And this has been the Superhero Finder podcast. See you next time. Wow. What a conversation. And, you know, thank you to Matthew for bringing that along and talking about that and starting the organisation, co-founding that kind of thing to make the effort to really raise awareness for the support that's not there. Um, I think, <laughs> judging by the way I feel now, I think that's brought up a few things for me. And, you know, when I was talking about my dad, I'm going to be the same age this year as he was when he passed. So I think it's going to be a big year of reflection for that. But as always, guys, thank you for, for listening to today's episode. Um, I'll link the organisation, I'll link if you care, share. Um, into the description as well. So if you are feeling anything, if you're in need of any support, you can look on there. Um, alternatively, my my inbox is always open if there's anything that's you know if there's anything I can help with. Um, as always, above is my Patreon, which will help me get towards my goal of doing a an in person podcast this year. I'd love to do that. Um, I don't know who the guest would be though, but feel free to send your suggestions. Um, and if you are just listening on video, sorry, not just listening, if you are listening, if you choose to listen to the audio, it's www.patreon.com slash the kindest strongman. And obviously, you've got me Instagram there as well. So, yeah, I think it's just such an important topic to speak about. Um, whether you can take away something for yourself or whether you're taking away something that actually is going to help something else. You are amazing. Thank you for listening. I couldn't do this without you taking the time to listen. Please share this episode. Share your favourite episode. Everything you do is appreciated and it'll just help us grow. And from myself, stay simple.